Good morning. Uh, first, I got to say something about the choir, how you sing so beautifully with 12 members. I'm going to reiterate what you said. I was so moved by the song you sang this morning. So thank you. Um, thank you for asking me to speak. The last time I was here, uh, when, when Pastor Jennifer called and Joyce Herant reached out to me, I went through my notes and the last time I was here was 2019 when we were working very hard to pass state legislation that would address the climate and put front and set center jobs with equity. And the good news is a, a year ago we passed that bill. You're gonna see a few slides of that this morning as I lead up to the Defending Democracy campaign. So let me see if this is on, it is. And sorry, this is a little new uh, technology for me, but um, Illinois People's Action Defending Democracy, as Pastor said, came out of our climate and equity campaign. And many IPA leaders are working on both campaigns, including leaders from this congregation. I already met, mentioned Joyce Herent, Joyce Rosenberger, um, it's funny, I, there's Joyce back there. I, I called uh, Nancy Venzon because I hadn't seen her for a while and that's when I got updated on, on her health. She said, come and visit. So, but through the years, this congregation has been very involved, supporting us both with leader time and with money. For those of you who don't know Illinois People's Action, um, and we, we go by IPA, we're actually the third IPA. We are not the Illinois Power Agency. Uh, we are not the pale ale beer. Um, we are the organization that fights for social, economic, environmental, and racial justice, uh, working at the causes of injustice uh, and not just the symptoms. We were founded in 1996 as the Central Illinois Organizing Project, and uh, we're a grass-based we are a grassroots faith and community-based organization, uh, but even as we say that, you do not have to belong to any faith to be a member. We are values-driven, so we organize everyday people to get a chance to sit at the table with decision-makers who are making decisions about your lives and the lives of people you love and particularly those of us who in the faith tradition have talked about the least of these, we want them to have a chance to have a say about what their lives will look like. So I'm gonna quickly run through a few of the campaigns we've done. You might see pictures of members of this congregation in them. So what brought me on staff in, the, in 2006 and seven, we were seeing a lot of foreclosures and um, I co-wrote a grant with Don in the fall of 2007, it got funded. I came on in January of 2008, about what? A couple weeks before the mortgage market meltdown. And we saw a lot of houses in foreclosure. And our leaders, um, this, this was the case of a senior couple who got bamboozled by a predatory lender uh, and was in foreclosure. We took 100 IPA leaders, mostly seniors, fighting for other seniors, put them in the countrywide office, demanding that this loan be worked out. It was, it got national attention. Uh, we ended up getting invited to have input into the HAMP and HARP program of the Biden administration. 
And through our work, we saved over 500 uh, folks from foreclosure just in central Illinois. And through the Hamp and Heart programs, there were 1.8 million families saved from foreclosure in this country. Next, oh, you might recognize some folks here. This was an action we did. I talked about predatory lending, well, predatory payday lending, which had 400% interest rates. We fought against that. And, and once again, about a year ago, a bill was finally passed in the Illinois General Assembly. This was multiple attempts at getting a bill passed, but it capped interest rates at 36%. And while many of you are probably going 36%, that's still too high. It is too high, but it was enough to chase most of the predatory payday lenders out of the, um, out of the state. I see uh, Reverend Brown there, I think right in front of him, that may be the back of Joyce Herent. I see uh, over on the right in the back, Nancy Benzon. We held church outside of that payday lender that day. Uh, we've done a lot of work on immigration. I'm gonna show just a couple slides of that. Uh, we think nobody is illegal. This is a campaign we have not won yet, but we are still working on. These were uh, a busload of our young leaders that went to uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, to demand comprehensive immigration reform. Here, uh, once again, you're gonna see members of the congregation uh, joining with members of the Central Illinois Healthy Community Alliance. Uh, this was in an effort to shut down the Edwards Coal Fire Power Plant, which had disproportionate pollution on the south side of Peoria. And that, that plant is uh, scheduled to close before the end of the year. So kudos to all the leaders that worked on that campaign. Here's some IPA leaders carrying um, boxes. You can see the Peoria box. These were petitions for Governor Rauner to pass the precursor to the Climate and Equitable Jobs Act. It was called the Future Energy Jobs Act. We got that passed in 2016. It resulted in Peoria getting a jobs hub that was the most successful jobs hub in the state of Illinois and set the stage for what we wanted to accomplish in the Climate and Equitable Jobs Act. A lot of work. Uh, we passed that in 20, in December of 2016. We knew it wasn't strong enough. We came back to the table in January of 2017 and worked. And as that bill moved along, it got stalled. Well, we first with the pandemic, right? And then in 2021, it got stalled four times in the spring and then once in the summer. And it looked like it might be dead. And IPA said, no way. So we called the governor's office and we said, join us. We're gonna do an action outside of your tent. And he came and uh, Lieutenant Governor Juliana Stratton came. You can see them holding our cross the finish line banner. That's the, that upper left picture, the governor on one end and Juliana Stratton kind of middle center left, a little close up of the governor on the right. And here he is talking to folks. He called us that night and said, thank you for giving me cover to go back to the Senate and say, I need you to pass this bill with both the climate and equity demands intact. And if I can get this next slide, uh, he invited us to the signing ceremony of that bill. And here we are uh, up in Chicago at that signing ceremony. Okay, that brings us to the Defending Democracy campaign. Um, remember when I said the campaign came out of those same workers that 
the same leaders that were working on the climate justice campaign, all of our leaders are determined by our own members. So um, in last May, our sister organization, which can do political work, One People's Campaign, held a candidates forum in the Illinois 17th Congressional District. And our leaders worked very hard to, to develop questions focused on climate and racial justice and jobs. And we had huge turnout, over 25,000 people watched it online. It was an online um, event. And when it was done and so much work was put into it, our people were tired and it was summer and the, um, the events of January 6th were just starting to be heard in the hearings in the House. And every time we would come on the call before we formally started our meetings, there was a lot of rumble about, you know, are all these things that we're fighting for, will we ever get to recognize them? Because if we lose our democracy, we also lose all of the other things we have fought so hard on. So we asked the people on the call that uh, one of the days, there were maybe 25 or 30 leaders on the Zoom call, how many of you are concerned about the shape of our democracy. And every hand but one went up. And so I just said, well, if we started a defending democracy campaign, how many of you would be involved? And then every hand went up. So uh, we, we had a few initial meetings. Uh, we, we asked Senator Kaler uh, to, to join us, you know, about what, what would he come out to a meeting, help launch this campaign, and he said yes. We knew we had to do it in a bipartisan way uh, because so many of the things that we are fighting for need to be heard on both sides of the aisle. So we started talking about, well, what would it look like? Um, and it was a nonpartisan effort to guarantee that every registered voter has access to the polls and ballot drop boxes without fear of intimidation, that the election results are certified by appropriate local or state officials or and state officials without pressure from any political party, group or candidate, and that our election and appointed officials would ensure that every eligible vote counts. We're doing this in a public way. We actually planned to launch the event last Saturday in Bloomington, and we had uh, two uh, uh, county clerks that had agreed to speak, and Senator Kaler was coming. The two county clerks were Republican, obviously Senator Kaler, a Democrat, but we had spent time talking to them, and Senator Kaler called them both up, reassuring them that this would not be a campaign event, that we were gonna stay focused on safe and secure Cure elections and defending democracy. But just shortly before, 48 hours before the election, the, the two uh, Republican county clerks backed out of the event and we did not feel like we could hold it. It would definitely look partisan if we only had one side uh, there. So we canceled the event and went back to the drawing board. Interestingly enough, this week as we were um, meeting uh, the, the two circuit clerks held an event in Bloomington with all of those points we had urged them to include. So 
it did happen. It just didn't happen with the Illinois People's Action. But you know what? We'll take that victory because even if they are just speaking to their side of the aisle, the fact that the there wasn't a stolen election, that the, they can count on the elections being safe and secure, people need to hear that. Here's our challenge. National elections are highly decentralized. That's not a bad thing. But there are more than 10,000 election administration jurisdictions and each state has different rules. Local officials who handle day-to-day -day election operations are at the first juncture in the post-election process. And that's where our group decided to focus, was on more on the local electors. I mean, we all know each other. I mean, I have, uh, my neighbor behind us has had Trump signs all over her house, and I had Democrat signs all over mine, and yet we meet uh, across the fence in the backyard to share zucchini and tomatoes and onions. So, uh, you know, we, we have to be able to talk to each other if we want to defend democracy. Right now, we're battling the big lie that uh, the 2020 election was unfair, that there was rampant voter fraud and election fraud, and therefore the outcomes can't be trusted, and that our elections don't work. This is the narrative we are trying to battle with the Defending Democracy campaign. Now, there is a lot of work, I said before, when IPA um, decides whether we are gonna do a campaign, we look at a number of things. We look, is, is somebody already organizing on this issue? Is this something we just need to amplify or lend our support? Or is there truly a niche that's not being covered? And we know that League of Women Voters and NAACP are fabulous uh, on voter education and getting out the vote. Uh, but at least at the time we were talking about this campaign, there just wasn't being enough done to hold local election officials to speaking out more that, yes, everything is safe and secure here, and you can count on your vote to count. So organizing isn't about numbers until it is. We're going to have another event here. Um, oh, I missed a slide. All right, so we're asking the local elected officials, this is what you're gonna hear about. We're gonna have an event here this coming Saturday. Uh, we want them to reassure the public that there's a good process in place already that ensures accurate voter rolls. That there are safeguards in place to assure that voting machines can't be tampered with and won't be tampered with. And that voter intimidation at polling places will not be allowed and that every vote will count. So we're gonna have an event this coming Saturday. This is gonna be at the Peoria Elections Commission on Brandywine Drive. Uh, we have had some confirmations from Peoria Election Commission Director Elizabeth Gannis, Gannon, from Knox County Clerk Scott Erickson, from Tazewell County Clerk John Ackerman, and IPA members and allies. Um, so we would like to see your faces at that event, because when we, said, when we say that it's not about numbers until it's about numbers, 
You know, those election clerks need to know you care about this issue, that you want them to speak out, that you want them to go public, that our elections are safe and secure. Reverend Robert Bushy uh, is on that slide. Uh, he is the campaign lead for this campaign, and you can, I, I've got cards. I'll be in the fellowship hall afterwards, so you can talk to me, you can talk to Joyce, you can talk to Joyce uh, with more information about this. We're still pulling this together uh, pretty rapidly here. And we also hope that more of you will join in the planning of campaigns, just like the choir. I think there is, well, okay, so there's, there's one, two, three times five, 15 on this slide. Um, there's room for you here. This is the strategy planning team that is working on the um, safe and secure election, the Defending Democracy campaign. We meet every Wednesdays at one. We take up half of the people in Planet Call, so half of it's on Defending Democracy, half of it's on Climate with Racial Equity. So if this is something you are interested in, there is more than enough room for you and we will make sure you get the information. And with that, I want to thank you for having me here, for all the good work you are doing. You make this happen, and without you, it wouldn't happen. So, thank you.